Continuing on with our series of podcasts about life in Eastern Furnace Village in the 1940s and 1950s. Life was a little different from uh, today's youngsters growing up. And you can see the contrast as I read to you today one we entitled, We Were Tough in the Village. Sometimes we played touch football, but the old-fashioned tackle variety was more popular. Equipment was unheard of. Some games were played in the field behind the Furnace Village Grammar School, now the Water Department's headquarters. Players in the line were matched off by size. We never had enough to fill anywhere near the 11-man complement. There were no referees, of course, and bloody noses and serious bruises were common, to say the least. One day, Billy Morshead broke his right arm. Small of stature, Billy was as tough as nut as anyone could find anywhere. It was a compound fracture with his forearm bone protruding through the flesh with nary a drop of blood to be seen. Bill, at 12 years of age or so, refused to cry. Someone ran across the street to use the Henscombe's phone to call the Eastern Police who promptly arrived with a station wagon cruiser and hauled poor Bill to the hospital. There were no ambulances, no fire department came. <laughs> they were all volunteers. We all signed to Bill's cast over the next few days. Baseball provided similar challenges. We played in Sam Wright's field and could never get close to 18 people to play at one time. The Wright field at that time was on Foundry Street where the condominium complex named Gray Gables is now located. The terrain undulated and was marked with stones and cow flaps. The bases were flat stones and if we couldn't find flat, we used round ones. There were two sets of bases, one for those, say, under age 10, and set farther out was another set of stone bases for the bigger players. Two older and better players would buck up to choose team members. Our games were always of the pickup genre. The bat was tossed from one to the other of the captains, and the three-finger rule prevailed. Fist over fist, the hands were wrapped around the barrel of the bat until the top was reached. If one could place at least three fingers under the bulge at the bat's top, he had first pick of teammate. The leaders then took turns choosing players. I was seldom chosen very early in this process, being the less-than-average athlete that I was. Now, the smaller players had the advantage of underhand tosses to them. The pitching mound was closer for the little guys. No balls or strikes were called for anyone, and leads and stealing were not allowed. We made up other rules as we went along to accommodate the playing conditions of the moment. The better players had to bat wrong-handed. That is, a natural right-handed batter had to hit from the left side of the home plate. And once the ball was hit by the more able player, he had to run backwards to first base that was set at a greater distance from home plate than for the younger people. Not everyone had a baseball club, so we shared them as we came off the field <laughs> with the other team. In retrospect, the games were a real hoot. But nothing stopped us from participating in America's favorite sport. We played right up to November and ended each game at dusk, at which time we all jumped on our bikes and pedaled furiously for home. Now and then we would be challenged to a game by the boys in Southeastern. 
Having no real field of our own, we had to bike to the Southeastern Grammar School and played at the field out back. I don't think we ever won a game, but we enjoyed the chance to play. Always the organizer. At age about 11 or 12, I started a gym in our backwoods. It was a pretty crude setup with only discards to work with. We had a sapling nailed between two trees for our chin-ups, and odd pieces of carpet and canvas were laid out on the ground for a semblance of padding. The boxing ring was not quite rectangular as no four trees of equidistance could be found. Roots of the four corner trees made for uneven terrain and caused plenty of stumbling. The gloves were of the big 16-ounce variety. They seemed like pillars until Bobby Russell would land a blow on my unguarded noggin. We were matched off by weight, but Bobby was too strong for me to handle, and I took some pretty good beatings. His brother, Oki, was one tough cookie. Luckily, I did not have to fight him, and he was well under my weight. Bobby Russell later became a captain in the Pennsylvania State Troopers. Oki died a few years back. They are or were the brothers of the well-known Althea Russell Thornton. Skinny kid that I was, I managed to master kips and handsprings. Up to age 30, I was able to do 10 handsprings in a row. One time, we set up a gymnastics show and charged 10 cents per person admission. We didn't draw a big crowd, but we raised enough to treat ourselves to a few candy bars. The choice of all real athletes.